0: This is the Brick and Mortar Reborn Podcast. This podcast is designed to help you give a pulse on the fast-changing world of brick and mortar. As the world reopens and operator's race to meet the rising expectations and demands of experience-driven post-COVID consumers, it's more important than ever to stay ahead of the curve and understand the trends and technologies that will shape the future. In each episode, I'll interview successful operators, subject matter experts, and leading thought leaders who will share their insights to help you prepare yourself and your organization for what lies ahead. I'm your host, Bobby Mahomet, CEO of Radiant. Now let's get into today's show. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today we have a very special guest with us, Dan Goldman, who's the head of strategy at Gap. Dan, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, Bobby. appreciate you inviting me on. Happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. Um, you, you have such a great background. I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of digging in here and, and learning something from you.
1: I'm excited for the conversation. It's always great to talk retail with folks like you that are uh, so steeped in, in, in this industry. I
0: appreciate it. I appreciate it. Before we get started, tell
1: us a little bit about yourself.
0: What, you know, tell us about your career, how you got to Gap. That would be a great place to start.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like to say that my passion area is the intersection of consumer psychology and growth strategy, and really how do you help businesses and brands build a stronger emotional connection with their consumer ultimately leads to long-term sustained growth. And I've done that in a number of different areas. Started off my career actually doing marketing strategy consulting. And then after business school, I worked in brand management at Procter & Gamble. So if you have any questions on shaving or cleaning, I'm your guy. I worked on Mr. Clean, and Gillette. And then decided to come back to consulting. That spent about a decade between Kurt Salmon and McKinsey working with consumer retail companies, helping them figure out how to grow. A lot of turnaround, a lot of growth, uh, all six shapes and sizes. And then I'd spent about 50, 50% of my time also working with private equity firms that were looking to invest in consumer retail companies and helping them figure out what are what are their ingredients of growth what what kind of companies are attractive in in diligencing those and then got recruited from there to go lead global strategy consumer insights and new growth platforms at the North Face which for me as a kid growing up in Boston uh, back in the day you know was my favorite brand I literally remember going in and getting my first North Face jacket and felt like there's few chances in your career to go to such an iconic brand. And and it was actually an interesting point for the brand. It was a, obviously a great legacy brand, but had over the years turned from that lifestyle brand that we remembered as kids to a great seller of good jackets, but had lost the magic. And spent nearly three years there really helping kind of rediscover its roots and its brand purpose, values, and, and ignited, reignited growth there. And then got recruited to come over to Gap Inc., which is the parent company of Gap, Banana Republic, Old Navy, and Athleta lead the overall strategy function here and drive the corporate strategy. So I, I work across the portfolio and then get the opportunity to partner with each of our four brands, which is a ton of fun. So I know that was a mouthful, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a great, great, exciting adventure and journey. I definitely didn't plan it this way, but it's it's been a ton of fun along the way.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're working for one, one of the most notable, you know, best brands out there. So and I, I'm sure it can be a lot of fun. What is that? What is some, some, I mean, I know you kind of said very high level, and what you do, but what are some fun things that you do within your role within Gavin?
1: Yeah, I balance between spending about half my time on kind of our, what we, what we call our power plan 23, which is how we draw how we're driving the existing business and setting ourselves up for, um, sustained growth. And that's everything with the partnership, partnering with our brands on kind of their individual growth strategies, partnering with our centralized functions to help. Increase the capabilities that that whether it's around loyalty or uh, tech enablement or supply chain, and then and then the other half of my time is really focused on longer term growth, whether it's partnerships or whether it's new business models, but really thinking more innovatively about where the company can go over the long term. So it's a really nice mix of the here and now and then kind of the 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 innovation side, which is a ton of fun.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So Dan, Dan how how have things uh, changed over the last few years in COVID? Has there been you know, notable changes in, in
1: consumer by, um, buying behavior? Not really. I think everything has pretty much stayed the same. No, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think it is unbelievable the amount of disruption that has gone on in the industry over the last few years. And I think a, a decade's worth of disruption in a short amount of time. I and mean, I think one of the things that I think we're all getting used to is that disruption's not going away. It's, if anything, it's continuing to increase even post-COVID as a number of retailers battle supply chain and macroeconomic factors, but just the level and pace of innovation from a technology standpoint and consumer engagement standpoint. I think the, if I had to say a couple of the biggest changes, I think clearly the level of digital adoption over the last few, few years is just unprecedented in terms of the pace of that adoption whether it's mobile and uh, web penetration rates reaching all times high, whether it's omni-channel adoption for real. I think we've been talking about omni-channel and both this and curbside and, and and all that for a number of years, but just the level of adoption for consumers and during COVID was really pushed along to levels that we hadn't seen before. And then obviously things like personalization and personalization at scale and how do you actually deliver better experiences. So I think that some of those were it, were some of the big drivers a couple other things i'd call out were would be conf- i think consumers probably more willing to try new products new brands than ever before and i think part of it was necessity when you went to the shelf and some things weren't there but i think anytime there's big life change like a global global covid breakout it just challenges the norms and, and, and people think about everything differently so i think those were those were some of the key changes i think now that we're coming out of covid i think one of the big ones is what I call the and consumer. So it used to be that consumers were looking for during COVID, they wanted things that were cozy, that were comfortable when you think about apparel. And now they still want those, but now they want the fashion items and the going out items because they're getting back to their normal life. So, yeah, you I know, and you see that continued investment in people's homes and their home environment, all while trying to start going out back to the world. So I do think this duality between the consumer and what they're looking for will continue going forward.
0: No, I agree. I agree. How hard is it keeping, I know kind of as, as people shopping in store, they get to know the brand, they get to know the dynamics of the brand, the experience that they realize, etc. Cetera, et cetera, within a store environment. That relationship is, is probably easier, but over the last few years, it's been a bit tougher. Also getting people into the locations, when they're in the locations, how you engage with them, etc. What are some of the biggest changes that you've seen? And what are some of the things that you're doing, you know, kind of a gap or some initiative that you have to be able to Create a closer relationship with those customers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's been more challenging to get that physical connection. I do think that coming out of COVID, though, consumers are thirsty to get back in stores. And you do see store sales rebounding and traffic rebounding. Obviously, different regions are slow at different paces. But um, I do think the investment back into that physical experience, elevating kind of how the stores show up, the role that the store associates play in terms of really needing to be brand ambassadors. Versus just sales associates and the level of service. And, and you know, I think service is many, many retailers still think as a as a um, cost center. But, you know, really thinking about that as competitive advantage, especially for more premium brands like our athletic brand or Banana Republic, where you can really invest and really have great ambassadors. So I, I do think that is those are big areas. And I think the, the influx of more technology. Really a sense of when consumers are going to the stores during COVID and even coming out, they're doing it a little bit more purposefully. And they they expect if they go in the store, the product to be there. And so having real-time assessments of inventory and and better set the sense of where things are with, within your ecosystem is becoming more important and, and consumers expect that. And at the same time, the, the level of personalization that they experience online, they're starting to expect that more and more when they go in the store. That is not an easy thing to enable. An important thing going forward to drive that that connection and build that relationship long term.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. As we think about it, we talk about some of those kind of emotional motivators. What have you seen, kind of different here? Uh, Are are different motivators uh, driving consumers differently these days, or is it pretty much the same, but it's a different mechanism of buying?
1: I think it is a mix. It's it's a really good question. I mean, I, I do think. Great retail that has a really strong brand authenticity, value, value-driven value retail, sustainability being more important. Those are important foundational elements. At the same time, I do think consumers are being influenced by by lead, kind of true innovators. You take Xi'an, the Chinese kind of apparel app that is taking the, the teen uh, girl audience by storm, right? And they're growing hand over fist. They're head over fist for the last several years in the U.S., but really exploding what they're doing not only from a product standpoint in terms of dropping newness product, thousands of products a day but really from an engagement platform through their app bringing great content live streaming gamification loyalty customer consumer generated content all to life together and really taking advantage of all those themes and all those innovations that have many many retailers have dabbled in that is going to reset the expectation for every retailer going forward to win win with those consumers and if you can do that at scale, it's not easy. It's not quick for kind of established retailers, but that, that will be critical. I also think coming back out of COVID, the focus on newness and exclusivity and whether that different retailers do it differently, but consumers are looking for, looking for more product, looking for something different, looking for something exclusive. And that's many are doing it through collabs, whether you look at kind of how Supreme has built their business. In North Face, kind of the partnership with Gucci, Gap. We're doing partnership with Easy, but looking for exclusivity, looking for flow, looking for products that that really disrupt and challenge this kind of the, the conventional status quo. Makes
0: sense. Makes sense. As as you're thinking through some of that, some of these motivators and, and the roles that your stores have, how how, how you know, what's what's the strategy from a Gap level of how the how the store environment, associates interact with customers to build more of those emotional connections now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't get into s- too specifics in terms of what kind of where we're going from a strategy standpoint, but a lot of the the themes that we talked about in terms of how, how do you elevate that experience and and think about service as a differentiator, I think is is critical. And there's plenty of technology tools to enable that, but there's also kind of how do you build your culture and your team in your hiring profiles to really enable it, the diversity that you need into your work staff, and are they supported in the way? That really, really, they feel like they're part of the business and feel like they're 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 getting invested back into. So I think that is huge. I think I would never underestimate just the power of just reinvesting and reinvigorating the stores from a look and feel standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, while it's kind of basics, it is your brand expression, and you want your stores to show up in a way that makes you proud and makes people feel like they're being immersed. I think the power of the store is the physical manifestation of the brand, and if done correctly. It can be a powerful tool, even if all the sales are now not captured necessarily in the store, but some are captured online. So I, I do think those will continue to be, be very critical. And then the last element is how do you create some elements of community in your stores? Now, and I think this is something that m- many people did pre COVID, but obviously during COVID uh, took a step back, but you know, now, now there's an opportunity to bring that back. And one example of this is our athleta brand. We have. They have a partnership with OVE, which is a physical fitness app, and and the opportunity to create events together, where there's bringing live content into the store. It's just a powerful way to remind people what's so great about the physical experience of brands.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I think those are the ways that, especially nowadays, when people come to the store, they expect experience. They feel they want to feel that connection to the brand. So, however we can do that, um, it, it makes them feel more connected, and more more loyal to the brand. I,
1: yeah, and I think there's a number of brands that obviously do it well in terms of kind of thinking about the role of the store and you know, and, and how to build the connection. And there is a reason why many of the traditional online and or D2C brands have started opening stores. And there's also a reason where you see that without your stores, those direct-to-consumer brands tend to hit a ceiling in terms of growth, whether it's from a new customer acquisition or an expansion of your existing consumers from a share wallet standpoint, because they tend to think about you as kind of a key item brand versus kind of a true lifestyle brand. Jack, when you open the stores, as you typically see a boost in terms of all of your omnichannel sales, not just your retail sales. And that's where I think the, the role of store in terms of educating the, where the what the brand stands for, how the lifestyle is expressed, the immersion from the true brand ambassador standpoint. If you're hiring your sale and training your sales force right, the showcasing of the breadth of assortment and, and really the opportunity to have service offerings, not just product offerings. When you think about. Apple obviously does that really well. American Girl store where you can <laughs> you buy b- buy services for your dolls and for your yep. kids. even Barbie Parker. What they've done Lego. I mean, there's a number of great examples out there of people that are doing it really well and have been. And just the an opportunity for everybody else to, to take it to that next level and figure out how to do it in an authentic way for their brand. Totally, totally makes sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think as as we're seeing the other thing, the, the other thing that you uh, pinpointed that that we're seeing a lot of is. You know, there's this opportunity. To COVID, of course, there's a lot of headlines around this is happening to retail. That's happening to retail. But one of the biggest learnings that that we're hearing is actually people are doubling down on store environments now. There was a lot of learning that came out of COVID. They actually learn you know what inventory probably pushes more in, in each demographic. They can use that data to be able to do better in store locations. And to your point, there's a lot of a lot of consumer brands that have actually opened up store environments that want to double down on opening up more store environments to be able to reach more people and create those experiences locally. So. I'm absolutely with you.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think um, it is interesting how the conversation over the last couple of years went from is the store dying or dead to how, to, how our stores, a strategic growth lever going forward. And obviously, the role of the store, as we discussed, will continue to evolve and change. And whether you know, all the commerce happens through there and, and how you think about the key KPIs or measure success of the store needs to change. But I agree with you. I, there, I think there's no doubt that stores and retail plays a huge role in brand building and customer, customer relationship building going forward.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the questions, Dan, that our listeners wanted me to make sure I ask you is what, what are some of the most common mistakes that brands, you know, make when building and executing a strategy for creating that connection with customers? I mean, your experience and of course you're working really for an iconic brand that really is one of the initial brands that really created uh, in ma- mainstream retail, if you will. So how do you how do you look at that? And what are some of the common mistakes that you see?
1: I mean, I think the biggest mistakes go back to making it feel like the a strategy is just a marketing campaign or a strategy is just a ta- new tagline versus is it a really a holistic way that drives out el- every element of how the brand comes to life? If you're thinking about how do you build an emotional connection, it, it doesn't work. The longevity, well, you might get an initial boost from a great marketing campaign that hits some emotional strings, but it, it won't stick. And to do it do a successful it really thinks you have to really think about how does it change how you build your product from what your assortment choices are what your design aesthetic is the pricing strategy how you think about your channel environments and how your store comes to life in a way that that matches it in in everything from what materials are you using to what's the balance between selling square feet versus experience square foot to what social causes are coming to life and and you're customer experience. But I I do think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is you don't actually think about it in terms of all the touch points consumers are seeing and experiencing your brand. And then the other one I think is kind of the classic, you try to be everything to everyone. And I think the the challenge is for big brands, you grow through new customer acquisition. And so the natural tendency is we need a solution that works across multiple different sub-segments. But there's a reason why brands, whether it's North Face or Nike or you think about Nike's seven tiers of distribution and then kind of different different types of product, that there's a reason why you do that. You, you need to segment kind of your strategies and your solutions, to different segments, so you can be the most meaningful for them. And I think one of the biggest things that's changed over the last couple of decades is just how many choices consumers have. And essentially, it comes down to there's a thousand different denim jeans out there, but what is the logo and what does it mean for the consumer? And how do you make sure that those, those connections are authentic? And it's tough to do that on a mass level if you, if you can't create those connections on a subsegment level.
0: 100%, 100%. Yeah, we, we were um, you know, just chatting with with another kind of large client in retail, and they were saying the, the, how much, the connections they create in a store environment is how even people feel when they wear the clothing. And so that, that's, that's so important to make sure you create that connection that that is right for your brand. It ties into the customers that you're serving, et cetera. And accentuates all the way to how people feel in life. So I think it's super important to to think about.
1: Yeah, well, if you take that, the actual, the advantage of the store, we can feel, touch, try on the product, especially in apparel, or taste the product if you're in food. You think about, like, how do you, even down to the dressing room and the fitting room, how do you set that up in a way that that actually enhances the brand experience versus just being in a a bland uh, small <laughs> box and, and make them feel like by like putting on the apparel, they're part of this lifestyle now, um, that, that every element becomes more and more important. hundred percent. It's actually uh, interesting
0: that you bring up fitting rooms. I can talk about fitting rooms all day, but it's so big <laughs> brands don't think about the fitting rooms and how they set up those fitting rooms, uh, for people that, you know, kind of enjoy putting on that clothing, but it's, it's, it's
1: crazy. <laughs> or make it easy for the people that don't enjoy putting on the clothing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What's your, you have, again, a lot of experience in retail. What's the definition, your definition of a great retail brand in 2022?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it really covers many of the things we've talked about. But I think it, for me, it starts starts and ends with brands that win with the heart. You have to draw consumers into that aspirational lifestyle and create a willingness to pay more. Because otherwise, um, again, just there's too many choices out there for consumers. I, I do think the criticality that consumers are really looking for that regular product flow and newness, and it, 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 like it or not, our, our brains have been trained. What, how, I don't know how many times you check your, your newsfeed on your 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 phone or your emails, but like the, we have evolved to people that have very short attention spans, and to keep consumers engaged, to keep them emotionally attached, they need that dopamine hit of that newness. And there's lots of different ways to do it. Doesn't mean all of your product has to be new. But at least kind of the new and the energizing. I think the second thing is the level of engagement, really thinking about marketing as engagement versus advertising. And the, I think the big shift in terms of how consumers win consumers has, is, or how brands have win consumers has shifted and really the battle for relevancy. And that really gets down to middle, middle funnel marketing with great content that really resonates with consumers and, and, and turns, turns the brand into a reason to engage. And then the stores and the web, the mobile environments, they all have to be immersive. A lot of the things that we talked about, it's got to feel and represent the brand and that lifestyle. And then I think lastly, the good traditional retail principle of surprise and delight to turn the loyalist into brand ambassadors. And that's still the, the, the best advertising is consumer ambassadors going out and advocating for your brand. So I think those are the good, but you know, the role of the store, I think plays such a critical anchor bring that all to life and allowing consumers to experience it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Curious, Dan, uh, part of your role is it finding based on kind of the customers that you're targeting with each of these brands, is it finding more opportunities to connect with these customers? Is it, or do you look for buying new brands that tie into that customer that you're rolling into? Like what's, what's the part of what your focus is from a very high level?
1: Yeah. I mean, the the short answer is a little bit of everything, which is kind of what makes the role fun and strategy because you are really engaged in terms of Focusing on how do you build your existing brands through new customer acquisition, whether that a new product expansion, new channel and market expansion. And at the same time, in kind of in the corporate strategy role, especially at a portfolio company, thinking about the role of the store role of each brand in the portfolio and what else might fit in the portfolio long term. And so at Gap, we've made some strategic decisions over the last year, we we kind of sold off to smaller brands that didn't fit in terms of where we wanted to head strategically. Right now, they were great businesses, but they were much smaller than our core businesses. And luckily, both found great homes. But yeah, I think constantly looking and thinking about where is the market moving and how is it evolving and what do we need to do to be successful long term and and make our shareholders and you know other stakeholders happy. Can't can't get into too much detail, obviously give, being a public company, but I think from from a portfolio standpoint, if you're not looking at what else makes sense, then thinking about M and A strategically is obviously is, is critical.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I and I knew you can't you can't say everything, right? Because you're a strategy, of course, you can't say all your strategy secrets. <laughs> but whatever you could share with listeners, So I appreciate that. Uh, that was a wealth of information, Dan. Before I let you go, what are some attributes that you would suggest? You know, retail brands in the future you're know, looking like, all the from technology to how they treat customers to whatever advice that you have. For brands, they look to you as kind of an iconic brand. How do we? How do we become Gap one day? Um, what's your advice?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it really starts with truly defining and understanding kind of what what role your brand plays in the world and for your consumers. And it sounds cheesy, but if you don't have that anchor point, it's everything kind of comes off a little bit like a marketing campaign and not authentic. I think some of the the best work we did at North Face was really digging in and discovering what does exploration you know everybody knows north Face is about never stop exploring what does exploration actually mean and why is it important and how does the brand play a role or could it play a role in their consumers lives to bring that to life yes product helps you go out there and explore more but but it's not just product that consumers are looking for it's it's about how do you create that ecosystem that enables that exploration for all consumers i think if you look at gap it plays a different role in consumers' lives, but the, the power of the brand and, and supporting individuality it is a critical role it can play and, and it has played historically. So I think it really starts there. And then it's about creating those kind of immersive experiences, the, the great product that we talked about in terms of that flow and newness, and, and, and then that segmentation of consumers to really win and, and, and build great product um, and great experiences and service.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Dan, that was a wealth of information. Thank you so much for taking the time today to educate our, our listeners and myself. That was great. I really appreciate it, I really enjoyed the time. Absolutely. I will talk to you soon. Thank you much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reborn podcast brought to you by Redient. For access to the latest episodes, please visit our website at brickandmortarreborn.com.